The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, the Matt Vernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome back after a brief hiatus. The Owner's Box, back live from Del Mar. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. And joining me, who's basically almost sitting on top of me in a very hot room, Michelle Yu. Michelle, you've had quite a summer already. I just want to be clear. It's hot in here not because of anything going on, but because there's no air conditioning at Del Mar. You know, when people live by the beach, Billy, they don't believe in air conditioning. And then when it's really hot. And muggy, and the air conditioning goes out, Ooh, it's it is it's it's sweltering it feels let's just like say. a gym in this spot. but we're excited uh to be back we're we're thrilled to be back actually and um over our little hiatus we had so many calls and tweets from people saying hey what what happened to the show right but we always take that little break it re it, it revitalizes us <laughs> we are back we are excited michelle how excited are you for this week i mean it's gonna be exciting billy it's open. that's it? it yeah i mean you should be more excited than that. This is opening Delmar, opening Saratoga. This is like your time. This is like your time to shine. Thanks for getting through our three things a note, Billy. You yeah. Know, it's just, moving down for us for summer is just always, for me, it's just always a nightmare, right? Okay. we got to bring yeah, the kids and the goat and the dogs. And I got chickens and we got the RV and our RV cable doesn't work. Oh, no. I mean, we had no power the first day. Then we had a leak. I mean. So it's always something. It's always something. Yeah, so I got you. it's just like, I can't wait till the first week is over and you can just breathe, to yes. be honest. I hear you. I hear you. So, well. Here, without further ado, we we do have a guest today. We do. Yes, Matt we Doman. do. Matt Doman, who is a uh, heart racing, heart racing, and uh, he's doing some cool things, and uh, we're excited to talk to Matt. We'll get to him in a minute, but before we do, we want to do our three things of note, and I'm going to turn it right over to Michelle, the great you. Well, you already previewed it. The first thing of note is that Saratoga is going to be opening up on Thursday to kick off their meet. Why did they do it one day before Delmar? I mean, they, to be fair, their race week goes Wednesday through Sunday. True. So they do a five-day race week up there. So, I mean, it's I feel like that's just kind of the way it should be, right? It's just the way it is. Second thing of note is Del Mar is opening Friday. Friday, opening. yes. It's better than going head-to-head. -head. It is, but you know what? And, and listen, there's so many good races. I already looked at the Thursday card for Saratoga. It's awesome. I'm sure. I mean, the book was good here for Friday. I have yeah, not seen the overnight yet. They're well, drawing now. They were drawing when I walked in. And uh, look, no sub races uh, made it. Which so stinks. We had a horse for the me sub. Me too. Sub four. I don't know which one we had. I don't know, but you know, race two in the book had 17 entries. Wow. Well, <laughs> people were waiting for Del Mar, and yeah. here they are. Now, I, I do want to pitch something because I happened to. Wait, I have a oh. third thing of note. No, but I was going to pitch something about Del Mar. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Before we went on to Asterisk? number three. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So I walked by the office of Walker McBride okay. as I was walking in. Hi. Hi Walker. Walker. Hi Walker. So uh, they have several new female-focused drinks well, that's funny. here at I Del Mar. He wrote that. Focus, Matt Doman. Well, that's I where like, I wrote the hey name. <laughs> so uh, they have the Dell Spritz, which is an Aperol Spritz. Yum. You like that? Yeah, I do like an Aperol Spritz. Okay. They have what's called the Ashland, which is a seltzer. Okay. Well, that's super popular. So smart of them to do. I wonder what the flavor is going to be, though. I don't know. 
and then they have a kombucha oh. with lo from local roots. That's exciting. Yeah. So I told Walker that I would I would throw that out for those of you who are coming to Del Mar on opening weekend. Several new drinks here at Del Mar. Well, you and can start me off do you with drink, a seltzer. Do you drink at Del Mar? Billy, that's all we do together. <laughs> I can't believe you even asked that. Of course I drink at Del Mar. Uh, awesomes, left and right. Oh, the awesome. Although, to be fair, I do have a split or two of champagne. Or you love not. the splits. I do. I love to have the splits of champagne. But usually when I come sit with you in the terrace, uh, we, we, get an we awesome. drink awesomes. We drink awesomes. We'll tell that story at some point. Okay, what was the third third the thing The third of thing note? of note is sad. It's, oh, no. Unfortunately, worldwide leading sire Galileo was euthanized this week. Oh, that's uh, such a He bummer. had a... a, a niggling issue um, that was causing lameness. They could not figure out what was going on, and, you know, they didn't want him to suffer. Right. Um, on the day that he uh, was euthanized, his offspring, Bolshoi Ballet, did win the grade one Belmont Derby for Aiden O'Brien. Saw that. And company. Um, so kind of like just proving yet again that he was amazing, and I think that he really stamped the breed on both sides um, of the Atlantic, and I think that we're going to, he's going to be sorely missed in, in the breeding shed for sure. Did I tell you I met Galileo? When I went to Ireland, oh, remember, remember yeah, a couple years yeah, ago, yeah, and I yeah. got that picture with him. Yeah, yeah I met him and I and to him. went to Coolmore. It was awesome, and uh, our our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody associated with Galileo, and he touched uh, a lot of a lot of people and horses and jockeys and grooms and everybody mm -hmm. associated. So um, that's too bad. That's it. We don't want to end on that note, though. No, we don't. So um, I just want to say welcome back to Del Mar, obviously, as we're kicking it off. And they are going to be one of the sponsors of the Owner's Box. So Fantastic. we're super happy to have them. Thank you, everybody and, at Del Mar. Um, Let's talk about the things that, that they have going on. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, we have opening day coming up, Big. which is going to be on Friday the 16th. Okay. And we're going to have fans. Fans are allowed at Del Mar. So this is going to be amazing. It's not just going to be owners. It's going to be quote-unquote, full capacity. So 15,000. Which is seated capacity. So right. they're going to be fully open, um, but it's only for the number of seats they have in here. So if you can't just show up and be like, I want to get wasted hanging out in the apron. That's not going to happen this year, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but if you I like where you your head goes, seat, right to getting wasted. That is what happens yeah. at opening day. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, so as long as you have a seat, uh, you know, you buy a ticket on DMTC, then you can come to the races and you can enjoy. Trevor Denman is returning. Oh, we haven't even done and an impression. And they're off to the rule of the Del Mar have... crowd. Oh, wait, I talked over that. Do it again. And they're off to the roar of the Del Mar crowd. I just, no, he, I think he doesn't say that. I think he says, and away they go. There's the roar of the oh, crowd. There you go. I don't know. It's, it's one been of those years. Two. I don't I, know. I, I, seriously, years. I can't even remember. I'm Behold sorry. Behold <laughs> We haven't done our Trevor impressions. Is there one? I, I was doing this the other day. Is there one call that you'd like to see for one of your horses this summer? Any horse that's winning. No, no, no. But what's the call? What's the Trevor call? Is it Home Jerome? Is it moving like oh a winner? Oh, my gosh. Which, which uh, Trevorism would you want? Home Jerome? Home Jerome. Okay, if he says Home Jerome, it's got to be that. So what's, that's your, that's what's your like horse, a big horse of yours this summer that um, you think could win? Um, oof. Like, give me one. Give me a good horse. There's a good horse in the barn. Um. Okay. Who? Um. Philbin Road. What was his name? Philbin Road. Philbin Road, moving like a winner. And if you put your money on Philbin Road, you your can go cash. Road. You can go cash. Philbin Road for Ryan Hansen. There, there you go. go. That, that, what about you? Good. What's yours? I have. Well, I'm running. You know, we have a lot of really exciting horses. Who do you got horses. the Pacific Classic? Come on, Bill, I have no one call. in the Pacific Classic. But I have, I was talking to Phil D'Amato the other day, and we have Atomic Drop, uh -huh. who broke his maiden really impressively, and he's running in the real good deal. Okay. And I was just screwing around, and I said, here's the call that I would like to hear. Let's hear it. They turn for home in the real good deal, Atomic Drop. 
going going on in front by two lengths here comes the big favorite the chosen vron on the grandstand side atomic drop the chosen vron but atomic drop finds more and atomic drop opens up on them look at this guy <laughs> i want to look at this guy that's my thing i want okay. the i want to look at this guy one time that's what uh, i you want you obviously did not see the chosen vron's work this week he, was he good <laughs> oh my gosh oh, was he awesome no he's awesome talk I love about him. like a good horse that's just getting better like i saw the i saw um uh, eric Krulljak the other morning Mm -hmm. And I said, man, like, there's some big three-year-old races across the country. Right. Like, what are you doing staying in California? He goes, nah, we're going to stay. <laughs> like, God damn it. Smart. Yeah, smart. Doesn't help yeah, us. Right? Doesn't I hear help that. us. I got to say, I, uh, when we were at Santa Anita right before we left, Eric Krulljack came by and he had a huge, like, poster. And I was sure it was when he won. Yeah. You know, the the affirmed. and Or the last word, whatever it was, the second one. And uh, I was like, is that is that the chosen front? He's like, oh, yeah, but you got to see this picture. And he pulled it out. The horse, you can't even tell what He's color so he is. Dirty. He's so dirty yeah. and mud. And he was like, this horse just runs into anything. He is just a such monster. a good horse. So it's so cool that he didn't get the winner's picture or the right. gallop just picture. Got the just got the headshot of him covered in mud. That's genius. So I thought that was awesome. All right. Well, we have a lot of big things coming up at Del Mar, Michelle. Where, what, what other things? Because I see your list. It's huge. I do. So uh, I do want to mention that Del Mar has their really big handicapping challenge, which is at the end of the month, July 31st to August 1st. It's a two-day handicapping challenge. And this is for our big players here, right? This is a $4,000 buy-in, uh, $3,000 live bankroll there a thousand dollars goes to the prizes which does include five 2020 bcbc entries um so that's going to be big we always have players from all over the nation that play in this you can play live on track you can play online should we um, do it a five thousand a four thousand dollar buy-in yeah. ah sure come on <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to play the LRF Cares one. All right, well, let's okay. talk about that because okay. that's really awesome. Oh, so if you want to play in that, you want more information, by the way, just uh, email Chris Barr. It's B-A-H-R, and you can check him out on DMTC.com. Uh, the one for us normal peons <laughs> out there who can maybe swindle together five Hunskies is the LRF Cares Handicapping Contest, which is Saturday, July 24th. Um, you're, they do have two NHC seats available. And two seats at the at the at for the Delmar thing. So that's yep. what we should try to do. We win parlay the LRF it. Cares yeah. parlay. It Are into you allowed that. to play? Yeah, no, okay. I'm allowed to play. All right. And by the way, the reason it's special, um, if you don't know how these handicapping contests work, there's always a little bit that comes out that goes to the house, mm -hmm. right? In all these contests, and that goes to pay for the prizes and right. that kind of stuff. In in the LRF Cares handicapping contest, part of the quote unquote takeout goes to LRF Cares which supports thoroughbreds in their second careers. I love it. Which is really important. Michelle and I have right, a big so we're thing. we're going to play that. Yeah, let's play that. Okay. Okay. I like All right, it. we'll play that. Um, so oh, and you can sign up. Um, DMTC.com forward slash handicapping forward slash challenge. Yeah, go there and you can sign up for all the tournaments there, yep. I believe. In including uh, you can play along with Beach Boss, which is the last promotion that the I'll Beach do Boss. right now. I host Beach Boss. As, uh, Ray Pollock is the resident Beach Boss. And every week we have a different handicapper come on and try and throw down with him. And it's a head-to-head -head battle with, I think, a $100 bankroll. Um First week is going to be Scotty McKeever. It's going to be an early nine o'clock for that on Who Friday. Who is Scotty McKeever? He is from Equine Edge. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, he's on. I think he's yeah. on TVG, but he yeah. does a lot of stuff with uh, in right. the money. And then second week is some guy named Billy Koch. Yeah, I'm going on. Did you win last week? Yeah, last year. Oh, I killed him. Okay. Yeah, shut him out. <laughs> <laughs> you just, I just spit. <laughs> Michelle just spit. Sorry. Um, so <laughs> either way, we got beach If you have on any there. idea of the people listening, it is now 135 <laughs> degrees in this office right now. I, there's so beads hot. of sweat dripping down my neck. Oh my goodness. All, All right. right. Are we break. good? Quick break. Quick break, and then we will get. 
I'm here with Travis White from TaylorMade Stallions. And Travis, what an exciting time for TaylorMade sales. Uh, things are going really good right now, Billy. Uh, Midnight Storm wrapped up a great sale down at OBS. Uh, not this time, just continues to uh, produce runners uh, week after week. Uh, and in the sales, he still continues to do very well. And M. Shawwash is represented by his first starter in the Kentucky Derby this year. Travis, we still have time to get your mares booked. Who do they call? You can call me anytime. My cell phone number is 859-396-3508, or feel free to email me at twhite at taylormadestallions.com. Exciting times ahead for all the TaylorMade Stallions. Welcome back to the Owner's Box. Very special guest today. Michelle, you came through. Ooh, I rhyme all the time. Oh, my gosh. I'm a poet, and I didn't know You're it. You're so lame. Um, Matt Doman is joining us. Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, well, it's actually, it's our pleasure. Uh, Michelle speaks very highly of you. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in horse racing ownership. So I've been a fan of horse racing for a long time. My, my dad used to take me to the horse races when I was a kid. And uh, ever since then, I've always dreamed of owning a horse and being on the other side of it. You know, not the better, not the fan, but the actual, you know, racing owner. So um, when I started getting older and I started getting, making some money, I uh, was looking at ways to become an owner and to, to get a horse. And I figured claiming a horse would be the easiest way to do it. So I actually went online, contacted a few trainers. I emailed a few trainers and uh, I didn't get any replies. And then a friend of mine referred me to uh, GF Almedia. He's the ex jockey. Oh yeah, and sure. He, sure. Wanted to be, he wanted to become a trainer. So uh, I contacted him. He was able to get me licensed, and then we uh, looked to claim a horse. And that's that's kind of how I got started. Matt, how, was that frustrating to be contacting people and, like, no one getting back yeah, to that, you? Yeah, I mean, they all have AOL email addresses probably. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, 2012, so there probably was a few AOL uh, <laughs> uh, emails back then, yeah. Um, um, yeah, you know, I looked up a few trainers. I, I don't remember the names and maybe I don't even want to say the names, but, uh, I emailed a few. It was hard to find websites. Um, nobody really replied to me. I don't know. Maybe they get inquiries and they don't take people seriously. Wait, did um, you, did you send an email out to little red feather? I hope I responded. Cause you no. and I have, <laughs> no, he, wants a he was looking for a trainer. I know, but it's a great way to get into the game, Michelle. To, that was a, that it was a that was a blatant shameless blatant plug. shameless plug right there, Matt. If you've never heard of that, <laughs> um, okay. So no, that is a, it's a great way to become an owner. So you um, jumped yeah, in with so, GF. Uh -huh. I remember you had a really you had a good horse that I think I tried to buy a piece of. Is it, it was bird a, is the word? Yeah, bird is the word. Oh yeah. Why are we? Why are you smiling? I Michelle love is smiling. The word. I tried no, to he, buy his sibling. He was really impressive in like his first start or second start. And I, Matt, I think I spoke to you directly, and you were like, "No, we're not selling." And I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah." Was that probably. is that that's is probably that, because people, Billy wanted to choose all the calls and move the horse away? That's not true. Probably. I had a few people inquire about him, and I think at that point, in my racing career. I just really was looking for that horse to ascend up the ladder and do big things, and I just didn't want to sell my opportunity away at that point. Now, I have a question on that, um, and then we'll get into more. Again, Michelle has this list. but um, So let's take you back. That was probably, what, 2015 or 16 or something like that? Probably, yeah. Okay, yeah, knowing, yeah. knowing now, knowing then what you know now, would you have made a different decision? I think so. I think so. I think maybe selling a piece of him and partnering. I was, 
I was really naive to partnering before. I had owned all the horses 100% myself. I didn't understand how partnering worked. I didn't understand how they split the bills up. I didn't understand any of that, really. And it wasn't until I uh, got in contact with uh, Joe Siagle, kind of explained a lot of partnering and the benefits of it. And I think now with what I know now, I, I, I might have done that too. And, and just to leverage myself risk-wise and, you know, Sometimes horses have some of their best races, and you can capitalize on selling portions of them. Matt, you're one of the owners that we've talked to that didn't get raised in racing, so kind of know how to do everything. And like you said, uh, he had to help, GF had to help you get licensed, and then you don't know about the partnership and and all this other like nuances. I mean, how stiff was the learning curve of ownership for you coming in pretty much completely blind? So I would say it was pretty stiff. Uh, a couple of the reasons why is uh, GFL Media being a new trainer, he was learning too while I was learning. So we, we kind of worked together on a lot of things and there was a steep learning curve. I mean, I was going to the auctions a lot of times by myself buying two-year-old horses because I, I wanted to get from that claiming level up to the next level and I was like, the only way I'm going to get these stakes quality horses is I need to go to the auction and start buying horses myself. Mm-hmm. So I would be showing up at the auctions. I would be buying horses. We wouldn't vet them. And <laughs> oh my goodness. just kind of seeing what I got. Well, what? Kind of <laughs> I got to stop, I gotta stop I you there. What, what do you mean you didn't vet them? Vet, vet. I didn't vet them. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. That's what Billy's I'm saying. Billy's confused. Why wouldn't like, you vet how a horse? You not... Billy's very nervous yeah, about I'm this I'm so right nervous now. right now. I'm, I'm, I'm already sweaty. I don't know if you, you you won't know what happened, but we're in an office at Del Mar with no air conditioning, so Michelle and I are literally look like we just jumped in the pool. Oh, but no. um, this is interesting because we preach on this show constantly, get a bloodstock agent, get someone you trust, make sure you do all your vetting properly. You did none of that. No, I did none of that. No, I, I mean, I, I bought a couple good horses, nothing great by myself. Like I had a horse named Guy Code. I bought for 62000 He was a, a good, solid level horse that won four times. But, you know, I think a bloodstock agent can really help you uh, lessen your mistakes in this business. So I, that's great advice. I didn't have that advice at that point when I was doing this. So well, let me Maybe stop. I need to let start me listening to more podcasts. Yeah, I think. Stuff. Well, I think that's that's obvious, Matt. Uh, Matt Doman joining uh, joining us on the owners box. Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna dwell on that for a second, and I and I keep going back because this is a this is a great story because you had some success, but it, that success, like all of us, probably took some luck too. I mean, you you could have very easily bought a horse if you didn't vet it or scope it that that couldn't breathe or that had a chip in in his knee or something like that. You you you. If going back and telling, talking to yourself back in 2015, what kind of advice would you give that person? I think I would say, and I've learned this in business throughout my life, is you might have a lot of confidence in yourself, but you're not great at doing everything. And you're not experienced enough to start making decisions without consulting real professionals that do this. So I would probably tell myself to do more research online through even social media, find the people that do this and reach out to them and don't be scared to just ask them questions, not expecting that they're going to try to make money off you or sell you something because there are a lot of people in the industry that do actually want to help you, Mm -hmm. not just make money off of you. 
Makes a lot of sense. It's great advice. Now, Matt, I want to jump ahead to current day. Uh, you mentioned Joe Siaglia, so you have a partnership going on with him. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how that came to fruition and what you guys are trying to accomplish? Yeah, so I've been kind of researching bloodstock agents through the last couple of years. What I'll do is I'll go to past sales at an auction. I'll look up who bought them. I'll look up what the horses did. And there was one name that kind of, their horses were doing well, and, and it was Larry Zapp. So I, was, I started contacting Larry through uh, Instagram and social media. Hey, Larry, you know, your, your horses are doing well. Seems like you know what you're doing. Can you buy me a horse? And then Larry is not good at replying. He replied <laughs> to me once. He replied to me once, said, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe we can look at something. And then another year went by and I messaged him again. And I didn't really understand the relationship that him and, uh, and Joe had. And, and, and Larry's pretty much an exclusive uh, bloodstock agent for, uh, for Joe. And I didn't understand that. But there was an opportunity where... Uh, Larry said, hey, there's an opportunity where we're looking to bring in another partner and uh, let me introduce you to Joe. So then I talked to Joe and Joe kind of explained that, you know, how partnerships work, that, you know, on some of these horses that are elite racing prospects, you have to spend the big money to try to get them. And to do that, you know, you might want to partner with three or four people on some of these just to lessen your, your risk in case you have a miss and, uh, and that. So and that made a lot of sense to me. And so I was kind of went through some of the steps of, you know, how do you pick who wears the jog your jockey silk, right? So there's some things that are important to me in horse racing and maybe not so much to other people. I like to be pretty involved. I like to talk to the trainers. I like to figure out what my horses are working, how they're working out. I like to figure out I'm pretty, pretty much everything. And I use Ryan Hansen right now as a trainer. And he was referred oh, to me from... I don't know um, about that guy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he was referred to me from Anna, Anna Mia, who I used for a little bit too. And uh, they moved to Kentucky. They referred me to Ryan Hansen. I talked to like three or four people. And when I first talked to Ryan, actually, he was like, hey, uh, if you're expecting it, text messages from me and updates on the horses. I'm, I might not be that trainer for you. And I was like, okay, I don't need a lot of that. But as I built the relationship with him, I mean, he's texting me videos all the time. He's texting me workouts. Uh, he communicates with me re really well. I mean, he's been really A++ in my book, to be honest with you. Well, that's that's great. But, uh, that's probably why Michelle asked you to be on the show. <laughs> that is not. We that is. I would, no, oh, this is self-serving. This about, is now self-serving. To be fair, he has horses with Richard Baltus and Mike McCarthy also. Okay, so let me ask you this, Matt, because this is interesting. When you met with these three um, trainers, because I think this is important for people who are looking to get into the game and talking to trainers, what kind of questions did you ask them? I'll be honest with you. I'm a price guy. Mm -hmm. I want communication and I want price. And that's what I asked. I actually text messaged five trainers when Anna Mia went to uh, Kentucky and the, she gave me five names. These are five people I think work, would, would work good with you, Matt, that are good communicators. And I'm a communicator guy. I mean, if I text message you, I want you to text message me back. Do you want myself? That's just how I work. <laughs> you need myself? <laughs> I'm really good. Ask Michelle. Oh, that's great. No, that that's so, uh, it's really interesting. Price. What what price separated important to me too. Yeah, what separated Ryan from the rest? I think that uh his price was really good to be honest with you. Cheap. We're cheap. And then yeah. he I like the fact that he had Michelle with him too. I didn't know Michelle, 
But I'm like, I'm getting a two-for-one deal here because she knows a lot about horse racing. Wow. And honestly, she she analyzes the horses. She's following the claimers. I mean, I'm like, I'm getting a two-for-one package here. So that's a good thing, I think. Her head is so big yeah. right now. I know. She can't I've even, never heard this before, She can't actually. even walk out the door. <laughs> the, the, the irony is that when she's looking to claim, I get a text message. What do you think about this horse? That is so, such a lie. That is so true. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, you know, I've worked with, I've worked with, now I've been working with Richard Baltus, and I wouldn't have, Richard Baltus and McCarthy came from uh, Joe Siaglia's mm-hmm. suggestions. They've been using Richard Baltus for Phoenician Harbor, one of their horses, and uh, Joe wanted to use McCarthy. So I've started working with them more recently, and, and that's been great. But going back to this uh, uh, Larry Zapp, so I went to a few auctions with Larry Zapp now. He finally contacted me back. He got me involved with Joe. And I'm like, okay, I want to make sure that this Larry Zapp guy buys me a horse at the auction. I want a Larry Zapp horse. So I literally flew to Kentucky to go to the uh, Keeneland sale, the yearling sale. And uh, he brought out, he was like, here, I, I have, it, it was day two. And he brought out a bunch of horses. And I looked at one horse and I'm there taking notes. And I'm a novice. I don't know that much about horse confirmation. Taking notes. And he, we saw about 15 horses. And then we went back and saw some more horses. And then I ended up going, I really want this horse, Larry, that was on his list. It was the first horse he showed me in the TaylorMade barn. And uh, and we ended up buying that horse. And it's in training right now with Richard Baltus. Its, it's name is Peripheral. I bought it for $310,000. Wow. A ghost zapper filly. Yeah, a ghost zapper filly. And now I kind of look back going, man, Matt, you had some some big kahunas on yes, that. Yes, you did. <laughs> That's what we're talking about, wait, Matt. Wait, Matt, Matt. That's what we're talking about. Wait, what's that like to be like, okay, how, like, did you think Larry wasn't going to buy you a horse that you felt like I have to go out there and peer pressure him? I mean, I, I feel that way when I go yeah. to sales because I feel like Ryan doesn't buy enough and I have to go out there and, like, put the, put the screws in. Oh, 100%. I was like, look, I'm not going to – one, if I'm going out here, I'm buying a horse. That's just how my mentality works. Right. And Larry, and I've gotten to know Larry over the last year. I've went to like four or five auctions with him. Larry's the kind of agent that is not buying to buy. He'll go to an auction, look at a thousand horses and leave without buying a horse and not get paid because he only gets paid a commission if he buys a horse. And I think there are some agents out there to buy to buy. He's not that guy. I have to convince him to buy horses sometimes. Sometimes he's like, you know, Matt, Matt, no, no, no. I like that horse. It's on my final list, but... I think we should walk away from it. And I'm like, Larry, let's just chase it. Let's just bid it. Let's vet it. Let's see if we get it for the right price. So it's a good, me and him are a good mix of, you know, uh, yin and yang, I think. No, but he, he's in it for the right reasons. He's not buying to buy. He's got a very stringent way he looks at horses and so forth. So what what I did is I'm like, Larry, let's, let's step our game up a little bit. Let's just try to get more horses. And to do that, let's try to add a few more partners into what we're doing here. Some some extra people that could get that maybe want their name on a horse, um, but they don't want to buy 100% of a horse. So mm-hmm. I created a website, horseracepartner.com, and it just kind of summarizes what we have going on, a lot of the accomplishments that Larry and Joe have accomplished, and ways for people that might want to get involved in and trying to get elite elite racing prospect mm-hmm. with no markup and trying to get their name on the horse, essentially. Oh, We're that's, not looking that's for a ton cool. of people. We're just I'm, looking for the right people. Michelle and I just were trying to go on the side. What's it called again? Uh, horseracepartner.com. Horseracepartner. And I built the website. I built it myself. Hmm. The website. Just pretty proud of that. It's not showing up. We're, we're trying to... 
Oh, all right, we'll get it. Horseracepartner.com. That that's really interesting that you're doing that. That's, and no, like you said, no markups. Obviously, different than some of the syndicates. You're not necessarily a syndicate, um, but you are looking for people to come in on these horses. And and uh, when might we see peripheral? That's what I want to know. Isn't that his uh, name? Ask Richard yeah. Baltus. Why are you yeah. laughing? <laughs> because she's worked three eights like twenty five times. <laughs> why? Why is she just keep working three? Where is she at San Luis Rey? Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, Matt, talking about your partnerships, like you said, you don't need that many people. You just want to have the right people. But how are you going to go about vetting those people? Like if you get 20 people that call you and they're like, I want to join in, like how are you deciding this is the right partner for us? Because it sounds like you and Larry and Joe have really established something and like maybe you don't want to just let anybody in. Like maybe you wouldn't want Billy into your partnership. No, you definitely wouldn't want me in. I'm too much of a control um, you know what? I freak. Gave you the wrong, I gave you the wrong website. It's, it's oh. racehorsepartner.com. Oh, that's oh, that's okay. why. Well, you know, we, I can edit that out later. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not editing that out. Um. So, like, how do you? How are you going to decide? Um. Well, you know, we, uh, I mean, that's a good question. I think we one want to kind of look at financials to see if people are, you know, they have the money to mm-hmm. uh, to spend on some of these horses and pay the bills and so forth. Friendship. And maybe based off what horses they've owned before, maybe just people that are looking to get into the, uh, get into the business. So it's just going to be, uh, if we kind of like somebody, that type of thing, if they gel well with us. Right. I mean, one of the things I have kind of figured out with partnering is it's nice to go to the track to watch these horses with other people that enjoy what you do, that understand the game. Yes. We call that a communal experience at Little Red Feather. Exactly. I'll take my friends and I'll take my, uh, my family, and they just don't understand that if you win at twenty percent of the time, you're doing really well. Mm-hmm. They expect you to win a hundred percent of the time. So, you know, it's uh, it's good with going with people that understand the game too. I mean, I think. Yo, that, yeah, I, that's why I don't like going with Michelle <laughs> because <laughs> she just screams and yells and wants to drink. What are those things you like? Splits. Yeah. She likes just getting drunk. I like drinking champagne. Yeah. Although with you, I have to limit it to just awesomes. <laughs> um, so, Matt, looking at your uh, partnership then, I mean, what's your what's your goal? My goal is to, I mean, to be honest with you, I want to get the, I want to get more horses. I want to, instead of me spending, you know, a million dollars a year buying horses. I want to maybe spend $500,000 a year buying horses and, mm-hmm. and get more people partnered in. So I'm not 70% on a horse. Maybe I'm 40%, 30% just to increase the amount of horses that we're buying essentially right. and to get more people involved, that type of thing. So makes I really want to own more horses essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You want, you want basically more bang for your buck and you're looking to lessen your risk. I mean, it's very, very simple. It's, it's actually, and I know I've been joking about it, but it's the reason syndicates have been successful because people can come in and buy 10% of a horse um, and buy, you know, 15 horses and have a piece of all of them. And you talked about the communal experience. So totally get it. I think what you're doing is fantastic. Um, I mean, you're what we need in the game. We need someone young that's ambitious and willing to go out there and, Put their money where their mouth is, really. Absolutely. And I think, you know, look, you, you have, I think the one thing in the word you didn't say 
um, which I was kind of thinking about when you were talking about Joe and Larry and some of the other people that you're dealing with is the word trust. And that comes up mm-hmm. on our show constantly. And um, would you agree that that having trust and having faith in these people that you're working with, I think, is the single most important part of horse racing ownership? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, if you're having a bloodstock agent pick a horse out for you, I mean, you got to you got to trust that person's on the up and up and they have your best interest and people you're partnering with as well. I mean, I think you want to be involved with like minded people that feel the same way you feel and that. Yeah, you can trust them. Yep. Well, listen, uh, how many horses do you have down here at Delmar that we can look forward to seeing run this summer? Well, I have uh, one running Saturday, I believe. The entry is tomorrow. It's named uh, Baby Steps. Are we live? Ryan's barn. Ryan Are we live? Barn. We're live? Michelle's I nodding so, yes. Yeah. Michelle, all right, Baby Steps. We can make some money there. I need some Delmar money. I like to get hot early in the meet and the, just then lose it for the rest of the meet. That's kind of my game plan. So anything we can get early is fantastic. Baby Steps we do Saturday. Have big tr- we, we do have Big Treat who won the first two-year-old Philly race of the year. Okay. Uh where is she April. running back? She should be coming. She's going to be, be back by the end of the Del Mar meet. Okay. All right. Uh, who else? We have, I have Peripheral. That's a $310,000 yes. yearling purchase. That's going to yeah, be running. Does, and another does it make you nervous for her? Because she was so What's much. That? Does it make you nervous for her to run because she was so much money? No. I mean, I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> After going through these two, after going through the two-year-old auctions and going to these auctions, I'm thinking it was a huge accomplishment for this horse that we bought as a yearling just to get through the trials and tribulations to be training right now. Oh, right. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of money I, I put up and, and risk. And uh, for some people, it might not be. For for me, it's a lot, but it's all steps, right? That's my next ascension, my next step up to, you know, getting this level of horse that's gonna, you know, possibly, you know, run in some stakes races, hopefully, and you know, getting some of those, those big races that have, that's what I, that's what I want to do so badly is running these big races. And I think partnering is, is a great way to, uh, to do that. I think you are absolutely right. Uh, Matt Doman, you've been a terrific guest. Thank you for joining us here on the owner's box. Michelle has one more question. So we always like to get a piece of advice, Matt. I think you've kind of along the way given us tidbits here and there, but could you tell us maybe the one thing that you wish you were able to find more readily from an information standpoint when you were first getting into the game? I think how to get into the game. <laughs> I honestly, Buy horse. <laughs> I honestly think if you go to Santa Anita's website, Del Mar's website, it should be on the front page, how to get involved. Right. Actually, that's smart. Yeah. How to get involved. And it's a list of every, tra- they could even sell ads on there yeah. that, you know, trainers could buy ad space. Contact me if you want to claim a horse. Or racing Contact syndicates. Contact me if you want to partner on horses. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a good idea. This. Here's the three different ways to get involved. Because I think if any owner that goes, they're going to go to the track and they're going to go to the track's website and go, how do I get involved? And I don't think that exists today on the, these webs- on the track's websites. Well, I'm going to go watch the hall and talk to Yeah, we're, we're here at Del Mar. <laughs> we're going to go bring that up. Matt, have a great Del Mar. We really appreciate coming on the show. And we wish you all the success. And uh, we appreciate you. And, and, and we hope that others will heed your warnings and 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 follow your lead and because we need more owners like you in this game all right perfect thanks for having me i appreciate it thanks matt it. appreciate it see you this weekend okay all right bye-bye well that was fun michelle yeah i like him he you know what he is what we need in the game right he's I just a said young that. guy yeah i mean there's a yes. copycat lead we're just so hot 
I'm so hot. It's so hot like, in here. My, I'm, I'm hot. Hot. Um, if you guys only had a camera to see. I'm glad shows. that today is not on. Like you know how Pete's is all yeah. like on face. Yeah, all right. No well, face. we're we're excited to be part of the In the Money Media Network. Sure. Uh, I was on Acacia Courtney's podcast last was week. It? it was awesome. I she hosted really Pete's podcast. I this heard week. that's awesome. So we're really doing a lot of different things, and it's really fun to be down here in Del Mar. And uh, we'll get this out, and we'll have these weekly through the next eight weeks. Eight weeks of owner's box. Is that how we – eight weeks of owner's box? Sure. That, that sounds good. Uh, we appreciate Matt Doman. We appreciate all our sponsors, uh, TaylorMade and Delmar and others. Uh, Pete and everybody at In The Money, I am actually just received my players podcast, Empire Rye, which Michelle and I will probably be drinking very soon. Oh, I yeah. Hope. It looks awesome. I appreciate it. And uh, to all of you out there, enjoy – Saratoga, enjoy Delmar and have a great summer. Hope to see you here for opening day, guys, but only if you have a ticket. There you go. Bye. Adios. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu.